I'll need your social security number so I can process your payment. My what? Your social security number so we can pay you. Two. Two. One. One. Five. Five. Dash. Six. Six. Nine. Nine. Dash. Eight. Eight. Two. Two. One. One. Two. Five. Two. That's one too many numbers. Take off the five. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. I opened up with that clip from uh, My Blue Heaven, because I, uh, I was watching the movie the other night, and I'm going, this is the government. They just make up erroneous stats and feed them to us like the, they feed it to us like they're facts, and, uh, you know, too many, too many stupid Americans just eat it up. It's like, uh, my dog, hey, I'll eat it. What is it? And, uh, and we're going to dispel a lot of those myths today on the show uh, also open up with uh sticks man in the wilderness there's always room for sticks on my show and uh you know what uh, sometimes it makes no sense at all we're just we're uh sitting wait to die never not, never quite knowing why i'm going that that is perfect for the how uh, things are in america right now and uh, we're all just sitting there and so many of you are so scared of this covid thing you know you're, you're invoking a social death on yourself to keep from having a physical death. And uh, my question is, what's the difference? If you're just going to sit in your house and uh, and just eat and uh, sit, stare at your phone, that's not living. So what are we, what are we fighting for? So uh, anyway, um, we're going to dispel a lot of those myths today. And uh, before I do, let me quickly introduce myself because we got a great, great show for you today. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Ed Hoffman. I'm with Planet Home Lending. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, whether that's refinancing a piece of property that you own or purchasing a property you'd like to own, 
or uh, getting involved with one of those fantastic uh, uh, financing tools for those uh, for those of you that have one one or both spouses over 62 uh, called a reverse mortgage, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One more time, day or night, toll free area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get information on real estate financing and, uh, and you're not sure, you just don't want to talk to me on the phone just yet because it's so personal. Or you're calling from work and you don't want your coworkers to know your stuff. Um, go to edhoffman.net, click on the Planet Home Lending logo, and that'll take you to my lending page. You can put as, put in as much information as you want. Tell me how much information you want back, and you'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates. We'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, any part of the show you want replayed, you can also on edhoffman.net click on the podcast page, and you can listen on demand. You can also uh, Get it on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes where you can uh, subscribe for free and have it download to your device uh, on demand whenever you want. We upload on uh, Thursday afternoons and uh, sometime Thursday evening it'll it'll d- download to your uh, your Apple podcast, iTunes, whatever you want to call it. Um, if you hear something on the show that you want repeated or if you hear something on the show that you want to make a comment on, email ed at edhoffman.net. So anyway, let's. Uh, so before I go any further in the studio with me today, uh, I have uh, my sidekick, uh, Mr. Scott McPhee from Don's Bikes, Rialto and Redlands. Scotty, welcome back to the cockpit. Ed, great to be back in the house. All right, and uh, we have a special guest for the show this week, Dr. Laura Norton. She's a local physician here in the Inland Empire who has a refreshing take on some of the most confusing aspects of the nightmare that we're all living through right now called COVID. Um, Dr. Laura Norton, welcome to the main event. Oh, thanks for having me. We're exci- we're excited to hear hear some of your comments. So uh, let's just start by uh, letting everybody know what type of doctor are you? Family medicine doctor. Okay. Is that same as an internist? No, it's not. It's different. Okay. Yes. Do you, you want to plug similar? Your, do you want to plug your business while you're on the air here? Yeah. So I'm the owner of Norton Delgado Family Medicine and Rancho Cucamonga. Okay. All right. Um, so you say you say that you won't give anyone the vaccine, even to patients who want it. Why? Uh, I don't believe in this vaccine. I actually think this vaccine should have been pulled from the market long ago. First of all, it's been shown to not be effective in spread, you know, stopping the spread of COVID, which is the intent of a vaccine, right? I wouldn't even call this a vaccine. It's not even your standard typical vaccine like we've known in the past. This is totally new therapy, experimental. And why do I want to put my patients in jeopardy, put them in an experimental clinical trials for something that's not proven to work? I won't disagree with you there. Yeah, I think I think if we can all agree on one thing, this thing doesn't work. It seems like the majority of people that I see coming down with COVID now are vaccinated. They're not unvaccinated. So why you can even call it a vaccine, as you said, I don't know. But apparently the CDC has changed the definition of what a vaccine is. So it, it, you're right. It's not a vaccine in the typical sense. Um, one of the things that struck me, because you are my doctor, by the way, for those who are listening, you are my doctor. Uh, I remember one of the things you said was that you're seeing some disturbing things in your clinic from patients who have been vaccinated. Can you give me give us an idea of what exactly you're seeing? Oh, yes. I've seen a lot of patients with various blood clots, and this could be in all parts of the body. Not, you know, the typical blood clots we see are in the in the calf, but I've been seeing blood clots 
in a range of different areas, including the arm, the brain, the leg, you name it. And many physicians have stated that this causes a lot of blood clotting. Now the coronavirus or the COVID can do a lot of the same things, but I've seen the effects are worse with the vaccine than with the actual virus. So other things that I we've, we're seeing a lot of is the inflammation of the heart, the myocarditis, the pericarditis. And what's disturbing is that we're seeing this in young people as well. Young people do extremely well with COVID. There is no reason for them to get anything that's experimental put in their body. I mean, in the beginning, when it first came out, I could see the possible risk of the elderly who are high risk. I mean, COVID can kill people. It has a very high survival rate, but it can cause damage. It can cause the heart issues. It can cause the blood clots. It can cause these same things, but not nearly as much as I've seen in the vaccine. And it's usually people in the past who were very high risk. Most people that I saw hospitalized were uh, obese, diabetic, or had multiple comorbidities, we call it. So it makes no sense to just blanket the whole population of all ages, you know, for the sake of protect, protecting people that are high risk. So you to go over some of the other side effects as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Please, we want to hear all the gory okay. stuff. Okay. So I've also seen uh, people that had new onset of seizures, tremors, headaches and really bad headaches where they it's just a pounding headache every day that we just can't seem to help other neurological symptoms just feeling off balance or feeling weak i've seen a couple of people with kidney failure heart attacks stroke and these are people that you thinking to yourself they didn't have the risk factors for this stroke why are they having the stroke uh, can i prove absolutely it's from the vaccine no but it's you know, it's likely based on their other history and having none of the risk factors. I've seen a lot of chronic weakness and fatigue, joint and muscle pain, I've seen a lot of hair loss, uh, strange rashes, and that can be with people that have COVID as well. And other thing that we're starting to see in our clinic is autoimmune. And that's one of those things that's also hard to kind of prove that it's from the vaccine because it's certain amount of months past five, six months. So we're going to have to see as the, the data comes out, but it's, it's quite concerning. And it, I, I'm just baffled as a former scientist, as a doctor, why this hasn't been pulled, you know, with the, with the data, it's, it's more propaganda than it is science at this point. It's, it's a money-making machine. Okay, so regarding the doctors who disagree with you, um, which are they all seem they all seem to be chanting. They seem like the Democrat Party. Hey, we get on a phone call and and Nancy Pelosi says today today the word for this week is going to be mass, and then next week is going to be testing. But they all seem to be saying the same thing. What do you think their agenda is? Oh well, it it seems quite nefarious to me. Uh, I mean, I have contemplated the fact that this is. Uh, this is a bioweapon. Right, but what do you think the doctor, the, <clears throat> the other doctors like yourself that have a completely uh, 180 degree difference in, in opinion and they're saying you got to have the vaccine, got to have the vaccine. What? And they can't be paying all the doctors. 
What do you think? What do you think their agenda is? You know, I think some people just go along with the crowd to tell you the truth. And if the mainstream media and the CDC or some of these major organizations come out and say something, they just go along with it. But that's that's anti-scientific. Science is to question and to think and to present all the evidence and all the arguments. And when an issue is not open for discussion or opposite opinion. That's how you know the difference between science and propaganda. And a lot of these doctors are out there saying, hey, get the vaccine, it's safe. Well, there's, it's one of two things. Either they're really not that smart and they don't understand the process for deeming a drug safe or they're brainwashed or they're getting some kind of financial incentive and they're in on it. Because you can't say to somebody, oh, it's okay for a pregnant lady to take. Oh, it's okay for an 11-year-old to take. Clinical trials and deeming a medication safe takes about 10 to 15 years. Most drugs don't even make it into clinical trials because they usually don't even make it past the animal trials. And they want us to be the animals. So I can't understand any doctor coming out to say, oh, it's safe. They're They're lying. Or they're not that bright. Exactly, and uh, you know, as as a uh, as a person who does loans, and I look at I look at you know, there's a million of us out there, and I get people coming to me after they've been with somebody else, and I'm going, it doesn't take much to call yourself a loan officer. Um, you don't have to you don't have to have a, a fully functional brain apparently, and obviously you're telling the same thing same thing with doctors. You know, I, I did before I get into a question on masks, I have seen like we've seen soccer players on the field like dropping down. You know, um, I saw a, a, a video of a professional mountain biker whose career is basically done after he took the vaccine. It seems like this is in some cases hitting athletes. And it, like I said, it's it's myocarditis. It seems to be heart issues that are hitting these people. And yeah, can we prove it was a result of a vaccine. Well, no, but it seems awful suspicious when you have people that are super fit get a vaccine and then shortly thereafter, they're either dropping dead or, you know, they have physical complications that in some cases just destroys their, their athletic careers. Yeah, myocarditis is no joke. I mean, it what what is it for, for people who don't know heart. what is myocarditis? I mean, I hear about it, but what, it, what exactly is it? Anything that has an itis at the end is inflammation. So it's inflammation of the heart. And that inflammation is causing cell damage of the heart. It causes the uh, muscle of the heart to be damaged. And of course you need the muscle to effectively pump the heart. So these athletes are getting such damage where they're not effectively pumping. And they're, they're, some of them are having actual heart attacks because there's such degree of damage. So if people think, oh, it just myocarditis, it'll go away. It's just mild. That's not the case. It's it's pretty serious. You know, people are going out there saying, oh, he had a mild myocarditis. That's ridiculous. These people may never be able to perform as an athlete again, and it's going to affect the rest of their life. For what? A virus they would have survived. Yeah, and apparently uh, it's not just uh, it's uh, I noticed uh, an article on uh, Celine Dion just basically crushed her career getting her booster she can't really can't sing, can't sing anymore wow i didn't hear that 
Um, I, I want to come segue into masks. I'm driving to work this morning, driving over here, and I see people driving around with masks on by themselves, by the way, walking around. But this seems like the mask thing is out of control now. Like more and more people are, are wearing masks all the time. And it's really sad even when in my in my business, I have a sign out front that says no masks required. But I, I saw a family come in recently. It was a woman and her three children. The The woman wasn't wearing a mask. The younger ones weren't, but the 13-year-old was. And I mentioned to the kid, I said, hey, by the way, if you want to take that mask off, you can. And he goes, no, 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 I, I want to keep it on. Almost like that, that was his teddy bear. That was his security blanket. I almost feel like like it's now become part of our culture and some of these people are never taking off these freaking masks i remember walking into your clinic and you weren't wearing a mask and this was kind of early on in the the pandemic and your comment to me was well there's no you said there's no evidence that these things actually work so i want to get your take on masks and if you still feel that way yeah i do i still feel the same way the only time they work is if a patient has is sick and they have symptoms. So if you have droplets or a cough or droplets coming out of your nose, it will protect other people. But if you're asymptomatic and you have a bunch of healthy people walking around, it does nothing. And it doesn't prevent the person who's running around in fear, who's wearing the mask. It's not gonna prevent the virus from, from coming in and getting into their nasal or oral passages. It just it can't filter that out. The virus is so much smaller than the pores in the mask and it doesn't work against aerosols. Now, sometimes we use an N95 in, in the office, which is a little bit more effective, but people aren't walking in, but those are really uncomfortable and, and tight and not to mention the, the negative effects of the mask are far outweigh the protection, which is pretty minimal. So- What are those I negative mean, getting, effects? First of all, you're you're depleting your oxygen intake, and you're getting more CO2. I mean, your oxygen is your is the driving force of our body. It creates the all the energy for every cellular process in our body. And then a lot of people are having problems with cavities and dentation, uh, rashes on their face. And then in children, it's really critical because they need to see facial expression to learn, and it also kind of just promotes fear, I think. It's, you can't see people's expressions. You can't see them smile. It's, it's actually really creepy walking around seeing all these people in masks aside from the, the medical perspective. I agree 100%. How about, uh, let's talk about testing now. You say the PCR tests are not all that all they're cracked up to be and, and uh, we know the rapid tests are a complete crapshoot. Can we trust anything? I don't really know. I mean, I have to work with what I have, but you know, they've, they've jerked us around so much. Uh, you know, you can't, you don't even know the reliability of some of these tests. So, I mean, I can't even tell you what's Omicron, what's Delta, what's the original. It's yeah. Because so none of these tests tell you, they just say COVID yes, COVID no. They yeah, don't tell exactly. you what, what, uh, then, what strain it is how accurate they are, uh, that we don't know either. A lot of people are getting these home tests, all different companies. I don't even know how reliable those are. So, you know, I'm working with what I have, but I try to mainly go by symptoms in the patient to tell 
you know, I can really, I could tell the difference between the virus that's spreading around now and the old original COVID and the Delta. This one seems to escape natural immunity and any kind of vaccine immunity. It It's running like wildfire, but it doesn't seem to be as intense as the previous COVID infections. It's kind of like it is the cold and flu season. So uh, we're having another outbreak of colds and flus. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of likened to a, a bad flu. If you're younger, you know, probably more like a cold. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I've had it. Ed's had it. You've had COVID. Um, what about like, first of all, natural immunity? Because that was one of the things that always stuck in my head. Why? And, and it's there's a lot of studies showing that if you've had it, you do have a natural immunity, which apparently is way more effective than this vaccine at preventing you from getting again. So what is your take on on the natural immunity thing? Obviously, there's no money in natural immunity, so they kind of play that down. Nobody really talks about that. So I want to know your take on natural immunity. And what about the antibody test? I just got an antibody test from you recently, showed I was very high for antibodies. I think it was one of the higher levels you've seen. So what about those two things? Natural immunity is always superior to vaccine immunity because natural immunity, when you get a virus, it's going to recognize different parts of the virus. You know, as if, you know, if you thought of a virus as a human being, it's going to recognize the nose and the hand and, you know, the knee. It, it recognizes different sites so that if you get infected again, it's going to recognize one of those. So even if the virus mutates, it has a lot of different parts to choose from to recognize with a vaccine immunity they usually pick one protein or one specific part of the virus and then inject that into you and then your body's supposed to recognize that one now with this mrna it's a little bit different Um, instead of picking the spike protein and injecting that into a person and getting us to have an immune response, what they did was inject messenger RNA, the mRNA, which actually takes over your cellular function and produces the spike protein. Uh, this seems, I, well, I can't use that word on the bass backwards. <laughs> okay. To me. We figured it um, out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because basically you're making this spike spike protein, it's embedded in your cells and it's it's being produced out of your cells and the spike protein is toxic. So yes, your body probably amounts an immune response to it, but then you have all the consequences of the spike protein. So I really don't fully understand the how this is beneficial. It makes zero sense to me. Um, uh, why didn't they just go with a typical vaccine that they're more familiar with or the, you know, this is basically like, Hey, let's just try this out because we know people are going to take it because they're frightened. Said so. Yeah. We would, we would never be able to push this MRNA therapy on people unless they were scared out of their minds. So I, I've heard so, some people suggest those spike proteins in the, in the vaccine, uh, make you a, a super spreader. Have any comments on that? That once you've gotten the once you've gotten the uh, the uh, vaccine, that you start you have those spike proteins and you're emitting that stuff and and you're uh, helping infect other people. 
right? I don't have any experiments to show that, but I definitely have patient testimonies who patients who they're home, they're not in contact with anyone because they're extremely high risk. They had family that got vaccinated and then were in contact with them and then got COVID. So I have quite a few of those stories. Hey, we've got we've got one minute left for the first half, and then we're hopefully going to stay for the second half. Um, what's the deal with the controversy on treatments? Why are patients being denied prescriptions for drugs that work like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine? Well, first of all, if they had shown other therapies to work, they would lose their emergency use authorization. And so that would kind of take away from their vaccine push, or I should say, quote unquote, vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um and so why they are just sticking with this vaccine and don't want to consider anything else is really worrisome. Maybe because somebody's making money on that? Oh, I'm sure. A lot. Billions. Billions at the expense of people's health and, and lives. All right. Final question for you. With Omicron being so mild, is this finally the end of COVID? This thing seems to be blown through quickly. It's not as lethal. Are we looking at the end of this virus finally? I don't know. I mean, if it's if it is a bioweapon and if it is bioengineered in a lab, who, what's to say they won't just keep manufacturing and putting new viruses out? Correct. Or maybe this creates the the super the super uh, herd immunity on there. Hey, we're all out of time for the first half of the main event. You stay over with us, Dr. Laura. Yeah, sure. All right. So we'll uh, stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials, and sports, and we'll be back with uh, Dr. Laura Norton and uh, Scott Knight. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with Planet Home Landing. I don't talk a lot about real estate and finance on the radio uh, because most of you think it's boring unless you're in the market, and some of you guys don't know you're in the market. So uh, if you're thinking maybe uh, you missed the opportunity for the lowest, lowest rates before they get any higher, uh, call me if you think you might want to refinance, if you want to buy something, if you want to buy something out of California. Uh, we've got a lot of states now, Arizona, Nevada, Colorado, Utah, Texas, Arkansas, Virginia, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, uh, Montana, Idaho, Ohio, Oregon and Washington. So if you're heading those directions, uh, we can take care of you. 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net. Click on the main on the Planet Home Home Lending logo and we'll help you help you get taken care of. Okay, so if you missed the first half, you should go on the uh, on the edhoffman.net and listen to it again because you missed a, a great first half. But uh, just so you know, in the in the studio with me, I have Mr. Scott McAfee at Don's Bikes. Yo, Ed. And we have Dr. Laura Norton, uh, who's a family practice doctor from uh, Ranch Cucamonga, correct, or Upland? Yo, yo. No, and- <laughs> I was trying to follow up with Scott with his... <laughs> his <laughs> Close right. enough, Doc. Okay, she's, she's, she's cool and she's hip, and she has, uh, she has a little different take on COVID, vaccines, tests, all that uh, than you hear most doctors saying on the radio or on the TV or anywhere else. Um, so, uh, Dr. Laura Norton, th- uh, welcome back. Thanks for having me. All right. That wasn't too long. Five minutes, tra- traffic, weather, and sports. Um, so there have been there have been some pretty unbelievable comments made this week by our COVID overlords. Uh, we want to play some and get your get your reaction. On, uh, on Sunday, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky appeared on Fox News Sunday and showed 
just how uninformed her agency is when it comes to people who die with COVID and their comorbidities. Yes, do you know how many of the 836,000 deaths in the U.S. linked to COVID are from COVID or how many are with COVID but they had other comorbidities? Do you have that breakdown? Um, yes, of course, with Omicron, we're following that very carefully. Our death registry, of course, um, takes a few weeks to and is, uh, takes a few weeks to collect. Um, and of course, Omicron has just been with us for a few weeks, but those data will be forthcoming. Although he didn't really ask about Omicron, he asked about uh, COVID dying from or dying with. It's a question I've been asking for two years. Well, as if by magic, Walensky was armed and with information about the comorbidities the very next day. Here she is on Monday on Good Morning America. Matt, is it time to start rethinking how we're living with this virus, that it's potentially here to stay? You know, really important study, if I may just summarize it. The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting uh, piece of information that they haven't been forthcoming with. Uh, Doc, your comments? Well, I'll agree with that. The most people that have had hospitalizations and deaths are usually people that do have a lot of comorbidities, obesity, heart disease, diabetes, uh, COPD, which is a chronic disease of the lungs. And I don't see how they have all this data on the different strains, because when we're out in the field and we're testing our patients for COVID, we, we can't get the determination whether it's Delta, Omicron, or the original COVID. So where are they pulling these numbers and how are they doing these additional tests if we're not doing the tests out in the field? So I, that's a question that I would like answered. Yeah, me too. And uh, there's a, uh... It it see, it gets it gets even worse as we as we go through a little bit more. Tuesday, the Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions held a hearing, and and I'm just going to step in as a mortgage guy for 33 years. Uh, having a committee that covers health, education, labor, and pensions is is a complete uh, is that an oxymoron that I'm thinking of? You know what? I know a lot of a lot of smart doctors, and they're not all smart about their money. So why would someone who's a, Committee on Health be the same committee as pensions. Anyway, so they held this hearing with uh, the Lord God, Tony Fauci, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky, and other officials responsible for the conflicting messaging on COVID. One of them was Dr. Janet Woodcock. Uh, can you say that on the air, Ed? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. That's was her name, so I'm going to do with it. So, uh, direct, And she's the director of FDA Center for Drug Evaluation and Research. Here's Republican Richard Burr of North Carolina, asking her a valid question about testing for Omicron. Although this government scientist failed to, to correct him when he mispronounced it, she failed to have an answer about the testing for Omicron either. Of the 15 tests that you've currently approved for over-the-counter, how many detect Omicron? We're still working on that, but we believe all of them detect Omicron. We simply feel they are somewhat less sensitive than they were to some of the previous variants. Of the 50 million tests contracted for, how many of those tests detect Omicron? I don't know which tests there are. We can get back to you on that. Doc? This has just been a total mess. I mean, it's just been propaganda from day one. If you'd let the real scientists and the real doctors 
come up with these tests and investigate like we're supposed to instead of this false narrative, uh, this, this stuff would all be sorted out by now. This is all in, intentional. BS? In, in, BS propaganda? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, you know, to me, I come back to when is this all going to end at some point? I mean, they, it seems like they're just dragging this thing on and on and on. And at some point, we got to take the masks off. We have to resume life as as it once was, hopefully. Um, and and you know, obviously, there's no incentive for them to give up this because it's power. It's power. When there's a crisis, they can seize power, emergency powers. They can control us, tell us what to do, where you can work, where you can't work. Um, it just this, this stuff needs to come to an end. Yeah, at some point, and uh, it's amazing to me that the um, people are sitting at home and they're doing what people will do. They'll find a way to to uh, to make money, to entertain themselves, to do whatever they can do to make the most of their of their uh, social death. And uh, and I and from what I'm talking to people, that's why we have 10 million job openings and 8 million people out of work, and we can't get anybody to get jobs. Because they they're finding other ways to make money, um, and I could go on and on about what they should do with the IRS, um, because these are the people that aren't paying taxes. It's not the uh, it's not the rich people that are cheating on their taxes. It's the it's the the lower level people that fly under the radar. Um, but let's go on. Burr, Burr also asked quest questions. He also questioned Don O'Connell, Assistant Secretary for Preparedness and Response. Which you would think, just by her title, she would be ready for this. Uh, <laughs> Secretary for Preparedness and Response. Responsible for procuring the 500 million tests from new government contractors. Turns out many of those contractors had no medical manufacturing experience before COVID. I can identify 27 million out of two companies, Media, Media and um, Atlantic Trading. Neither one of them are manufacturers of tests. Um, media actually came to fame was importation of vodka and tying cell phones to vodka. And like a lot of other companies, they got in the PPE business in 2020 with some nominal FEMA contracts. Why should we have any confidence in these contracts if, in fact, we're dealing with companies that don't manufacture anything? And can you assure me that the tests that um, are coming in or not coming from China? Absolutely. These tests, uh, what we initially did to be able to access uh, tests for the initial shipments that will go uh, towards the end of January, we worked with warehouses to see where additional tests were stored and assessed that additional capacity and are bringing that capacity to bear for these initial tests that are going out, which is why you're seeing contracts uh, with warehouses. And this, this is a very, very important piece when you've got companies that don't manufacture tests, and all of a sudden we're giving them a $190 million contract for about 14 million home tests, and their expertise is importation of vodka. I encourage you to look through the list of people that we're signing up with. Yeah, he didn't ask her about warehouses. He asked her about manufacturing, and she, she totally deflected. the issue. She totally skirts the issue. Every t <laughs> they, they never answer the question. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm taken by a couple things that that was said in here. We're paying 190 million for 14 million tests, which means we're paying thirteen dollars and fifty seven cents uh, per test. When you go into Rite Aid and buy the two packets, twenty five bucks. And uh, why would the government order five hundred million of anything and pay above retail? 
Um, maybe they should take a, a test, uh, you know, take a lesson from Trump that uh, you never go through a middleman when you're ordering 500 million of anything with uh, with our government tax money and it just the idiocy of people in our government. But you know what? Hey, Biden does have the most diverse cabinet in history. Very diverse, Ed. Okay, then came some softball questions. I'm, I love this one. Uh, then came softball question for, for Fauci from Democrat Tim Kaine. You may remember him as Hillary's wannabe uh, VP. I wonder if he'll be going on Masterclass to uh, read his acceptance speech um, that he didn't get to make. Um, as usual, Fauci babbled a bunch of nonsense that no one will hold him accountable for. Dr. Fauci, can you provide us a general breakdown of what percentage of hospitalized individuals are vaccinated versus unvaccinated, and what percentage of COVID deaths are among vaccinated or unvaccinated individuals? Thank you for that question, Senator Kane. One of the ways to answer that question would be to look at people who are in the hospital and take a look at if you are vaccinated versus unvaccinated. And if you look at vaccinated versus unvaccinated, there's about a 10 times greater chance that you'd be infected if you were unvaccinated about a 17 times greater chance that you'd be hospitalized if you were unvaccinated and about a 20 times likelihood that you would be vac- that you would be hosp- dead if you were unvaccinated so when you look at every parameter 10 times 17 times 20 times infection hospitalization death doc react as angrily as you want <laughs> I don't know. Fauci just makes up. He just makes up facts. Yeah. The fact, the fact that they don't have an exact number to this and some actual data just angers me beyond, beyond even explanation. And he goes, you know, the, you know, that you have a 17 times more greater, greater chance chance. We didn't, you just said, Hey, if you take the people in the hospital and count them up, vaccinated, unvaccinated, you should have some data. He doesn't say anything like that. No, it was, it was another non-answer, and a couple of things he doesn't touch base on. What about the people that have natural immunity and have less of a less of a chance of getting in the first place? Apparently, I've seen some studies, Doc. You can comment on this that shows you have a higher likelihood of getting COVID right now if you're vaccinated than if you're unvaccinated. Have you heard that? Have you seen some of those studies? Yeah, I have seen some of that. I mean, I I try to go by what I see in clinical practice because um, those are the facts I know I can verify and manipulate so that's kind of hard to test out in the field what i'm doing um you know i but i've seen i mean it doesn't seem to matter vaccinated don't seem to have any protection from what i've seen in my clinic i can and i i saw my doctor last night and uh and my doctor would would say almost exact same thing he's he you know we're we're talking off the record and he's telling me what he sees and and same thing. You're, there's there's no there's no evidence that having a vaccine does does Jack Diddley squat. I don't think he used those exact words, but I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Well, and then we what I do know is I've seen the adverse effects. So you have a product that's not doing what it's supposed to do, but it's causing a lot of disability and damage. So uh, I mean, other vaccines in the past who that had far less damage were pulled from the market. The 1976 H1N1 vaccine that caused a bunch of neurological problems. I think 
they pulled it after 25 deaths or maybe 50. Mm-hmm. We're way beyond that. So, yeah, the problem is that you can't even talk about that anywhere now without being censored. And I hate to say it, but here you have Pfizer sponsoring CNN and a lot of these news shows. That seems like a bit of a conflict of interest to me. But it, I think what we're coming up with, at the very least, this this vaccine is ineffective. At the very worst, it's detrimental and can kill you. I mean, I have seen, I, can, I, don't, I can't verify a lot of this stuff, but I'm seeing studies showing how many people have died from the vaccine that might be here had they not gotten a vaccine. And what's the motivation to put it in children? I mean, I've straight up said to other doctors, if you put this in a child, it should be, it's medical malpractice because we always kind of balance risk versus benefits. It's it's all risk and there's really no benefit to children because children, they barely have, some of them barely have symptoms and they're better in a couple of days, they're fine. So why are you gonna threaten their, possibly their fertility or give them autoimmune disorders or myocarditis for something they have no struggle with that's just pure evil and in my opinion i agree i agree and i uh have talked to my uh my son and his wife about don't you dare let let those guys put uh put that needle in our in my two grandkids and they said we have no no plans to ever let that happen good i try to tell everybody i can yeah I mean, I had a little girl that came in. She was 12 years old. Uh, she wasn't my patient. Her mom was my patient, but she was sitting in the exam room and she had gotten one of the COVID vaccines. She couldn't walk for a week. Now she's having trouble with balance. She loves to dance. She's struggling in her dance class. She's tired every day. For what? Why? What? What is this point? Because to save the people that are elderly, or at high risk. Since when did we sacrifice our children to to save, to save the, the community? People. It's usually the other way around, isn't it? Oh, I love that. Mm, that's that, good. That's a great point. Hey, one one more clip if uh, that we'll cover, then we can uh, then we can freestyle for the rest of the show. Um, as if Rochelle Walensky hadn't shown enough ignorance this week, we got one more taste of it when Democrat Democrat Patty Murray of Washington asked her this question. But I just want to know, straightforward, if someone is exposed to or has COVID-19 and they're vaccinated, what do they do? If they are uh, exposed to COVID-19 and they are completely boosted, they should they do not need to stay home, um, but they should get a test at day five. What about unvaccinated? Same for unvaccinated for isolation. So isolation being those who have had disease. Do you hear any difference there? No. Either did we. I th- I'm not a doctor, so I thought I'd ask ask you. But they're your- allowing difference in the hospital because now that they've fired all the unvaccinated and they're short of staff and doing a poor job of taking care of patients, now that they have the vaccinated out sick, now they're allowing them to come back after day five, even if they have symptoms. This well, is just madness. Yeah, and, and the fact is that if you're vaccinated, you can get it and you can spread it. If you're unvaccinated, you can get it and you can spread it. What's the difference? What's the difference? There's no difference. So why would you treat your employees any differently, whether they're vaccinated or not? Um, it's all about control. This has nothing to do with science, has nothing to do with medicine. It has nothing to do with, you know, protecting the population. It's it's all about control, taking away our freedoms and People just can't see that. They're in such a state of fear and such a frenzy 
that they're just willing to give up all their freedoms just to to feel safe. Yep, exactly, exactly right. And then uh, Thursday, the Supreme Court uh, blocked uh, Biden administration from enforcing its vaccine vaccine or test requirements for large private companies of 100 employees or more. However, the court ruled that the vaccine mandate for healthcare workers at medical facilities that take Medicare or Medicaid payments should stand, so they can they can at least control where the where the government's money for. And I will remind everybody: the government doesn't have any money; it's the taxpayers' money. What uh, what's Biden's vaccine or test mandate? Uh, what it was: it required that workers at businesses with 100 or more employees get vaccinated or submit a negative COVID test weekly to enter the workplace. Also required unvaccinated workers to wear masks indoors at work. Um, in its unsigned opinion, the Supreme Court said, although Congress has indisputably given OSHA the power to regulate occupational dangers, it has not given that agency power to regulate the public health more broadly, requiring the vaccination of 84 million Americans, selected simply because they work for employers with more than 100 employees. Certainly falls in the latter category. Um I think, in my opinion, there's a whole bunch of a uh, whole bunch of uh, of wrongful termination suits coming, and I'm thinking about the military guys. You know, they let all the 200 and some odd Marines go, and a bunch of uh, Navy SEALs, and I would think that uh, there's going to be some big lawsuits, or they better uh, 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 let them back in. By the way, I did I did hear, and I don't know if this is true, but Kavanaugh did not vote with the majority on this, so we have a Trump appointed uh, Supreme Court justice that did not vote to block the Biden uh, uh, vaccine mandate. So I don't know. I'm just yeah, saying disgusting. very disappointing. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Disgusted with all of them, really. I mean, because this is against Nuremberg, Nuremberg code. This is against just medical ethics to force anyone, whether you're healthcare, OSHA, not OSHA. This is completely unconstitutional to force somebody into a, clinical experiment this is what it is and then on top of that the employers and the government and the vaccine manufacturers all say oh well but if something happens to you we're not going to help you you're on your own and especially if you're white (laughs) especially (laughs) if you're white because they have to take the 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 stockpiles of vaccines and give them to the unwhite people first okay so there are people out there that are injured and now they have no help. They have nobody to turn to. And they can't I mean, sue big pharma either. No, they can't, which I mean, all of this is just criminal. And you know what? The Supreme Court, come on. They can't figure this out, that this is all unconstitutional, even against healthcare workers. You know, they're just they're full of it, too. I'm just tired of all the upper electeds. They're they're all corrupted. And we're, we're to the point where it's got to be we, the people that uphold the Constitution and who band together and make a difference. We have to stop waiting for the people on the top to rescue us and save us. We've got to all get out there, band together and make it happen. Well, we're going to lose it. I think that's a good segue into telling us about your organization, which I am a member, because at this point you can either sit around and yell at the television or you can start doing something. Tell us about the group, Doc. Yeah, so I'm founder of San Bernardino County Patriots, and what we're trying to do is awaken every neighborhood in San Bernardino County so that we can all constitutional conservatives can come together because there's power in numbers. There's so many things that we can do 
if we're all banded together with the same voice. Uh, one of those things is to get America first candidates elected. Now, I know there's a lot of corruption with the election system, but not everything on the local level is rigged and is fraudulent. So we can get right now, like within the couple years, we can get people at the local level, the board of supervisors, school boards, city council, we can get the America first and true patriots elected. We can do class action lawsuits. We can work on, you know, trying to get an audit. But the only way we can do that is if there's hundreds of thousands of us banded together. And so that's what my goal is with the precinct project is to reach out to everybody in the county. And we have a pretty um, intense uh, canvassing system. It's really great. And it's free from the Democratic or Republican Party. So, you know, we can basically see who's Republican, who's Democrat, who's independent in all the houses, and we can strategically target and recruit. And I think this is needed, that we all need to, on the community level, take things back. We've been busy. We got complacent. We waited for somebody else to do it. But we can't do that anymore. And how does somebody learn more about your organization or uh, attend a meeting? Or You can go to sbcountypatriots.com. We have all our local meetings listed on there. And we have some information, a little bit about what we do. And we also have some really good, like a good resource page where you can print out flyers or get some medical help or help with from lawyers. So there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, on that was going to be my next question. Do you have lawyers, lawyers as part of your organization? You mentioned class that class action lawsuits. We have some lawyers that we work with. They're not necessarily part of our organization because they don't live in San Bernardino County, but we are definitely working with Pacific Justice Institute and some other lawyers. Brad Dacus. Yep. Yep. I have uh, I've attended a couple of his his things, and uh, I don't live in San Bernardino County, but uh, uh, I might show up at one of your meetings as well. That'd be awesome. And it's sbcountypatriots.com, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, I'm a member. I've gone to these meetings. The meetings are awesome, full of energy. It's time to stop sitting around and doing nothing and take action. That's a good place to do it. SBCountyPatriots.com. All right, so we're all out of time for this episode of the main event. Dr. Laura Norton, thanks for joining us for the whole hour. Thank you for having and, me. It and, was great. And Scotty, thanks for joining me as well. Always a pleasure, Ed. And uh, thank you guys all for listening. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week. <laughs>